know, if you get nothing else out of what we've been talking about, understand that if you're a born-again Christian, that Jesus expects you to live in victory. You know that? Not defeat. Jesus expects every single one of us, if we claim to be a born-again Christian, to live in victory and not defeat. In fact, we have seen that he has given us supernatural armor to deal with our supernatural foe, Satan, and the powers of darkness. So there is absolutely no reason why we should not be living in victory. And if you've missed any of these messages in Ephesians or are just on spiritual warfare, you can go to our Bethlehem Community Church website, hit sermons. You can either listen to it on podcast or you can listen to it on YouTube. This morning, we're going to look at the third piece of armor as we move to baptism. We've looked at the first two pieces, which is the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And now in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15, we look at the third piece of armor that God provides the believer. And he writes this, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. That's not a bad translation, but I think a more inspired translation is this. For shoes, put on the readiness to preach or proclaim the good news of peace with God. Um, Skip, can you put up the picture of the Roman soldier? And the Roman soldier, we've been looking at him because obviously the uh, armor of God is modeled after the Roman soldier. And you see the gospel of peace, the shoes. Shoes, by the way, were very important for a Roman soldier. And the reason why they were important is because it allowed the Roman soldier to fulfill his purpose. You know what the purpose of the Roman soldier was? That was a question. We need to be more Pentecostal here. It allowed him to fulfill his purpose, which is to fight. To fight. And by the way, if you don't have good shoes, you're not fighting well. So it gave you the ability to fight well. It gave you, you know, traction and stability and whatnot. And so when we talk about the shoes for the believer, what it allows the shoes to do for the believers, it gives us our purpose. And you know what our purpose is as believers? It makes it crystal clear. To proclaim to proclaim, to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what the shoes is supposed to do for us. Now, I I think the reason why the American church has lost so much of its potency is because we've really lost our purpose. You know, so often if you ask or look at the typical American Christian, they think that the job of the church is to make your life better. You know, kind of like Genie Jesus. Skip, can you put that picture up? We have the idea that Jesus is here for us, and Jesus is here to make our lives better. That's that's really patently not true. He's not here to make our lives easier, better, more comfortable, to help us achieve our dreams, goals, and desires. In fact, that's one of Satan's great deceptions. See, one of Satan's great deceptions is to get you and I to focus right on the here and now. He wants us to believe that it really matters. Satan whispers in your ear, don't miss your piece of the pot. Get what's coming to you. You don't want to miss out on that. So he gets us to focus on the temporal as if it really matters. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that there really is a heaven and a hell. Skip, can you put that up? Do you believe that? You know, as I go out and witness, one of the things I ask people, I ask them, do you really believe that there is a heaven and a hell? It's really a real place. And when you die, you're going to go to one 
or the other. And the tragedy is, do you realize that the vast majority of people living on planet Earth today are taking the broad road to hell? That's absolutely true. They are taking the broad road to hell. In fact, therefore, the Apostle John gives us this warning not to be fooled by the, temp- by the temporal. Skip, can you put it up? John wrote this, one of the apostles of Jesus, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You know, John says this. John is saying that this present world, you look, at, you look at your car that you love, you look at your house, it's passing away. Everything that we crave in this world, John says, is passing away. It's absolutely coming to nothing. And the question is, do you really believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe? Do I really believe that what I see out here is really coming to nothing? You know, Skip, can you put up the picture? The Bible tells us that ultimately the world's going to look like this one day. The world is going to look like this one day. It's going to be absolutely judged and it's going to come to absolutely nothing. You know, so many people, and I'm talking about Christians now. I'm talking about Christians. We, we, we get so involved in this world. Have you noticed that? We really get involved in this world as if it really matters, the things that are happening in this world. Skip, can you put up the next picture? You're familiar. Remember the rope illustration. Remember that? So there you have a colored piece of the rope, and then you have the rest of the rope. The colored piece of rope, of course, is about our time here on planet Earth. Do you see how small it is? Maybe 60, maybe 70 years. The rest of the rope, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Do you get the idea? So the eternal is a lot longer than the temporal. Yet it amazes me how much emphasis we put on the temporal. Have you noticed that? We put a lot of time into getting an education, right? We get maybe a degree, maybe two degrees takes us, who knows how long it takes us. It takes us a whole lot of money. Why do we do that? So that we can get a good job. And by the way, as we just saw, your job's ultimately not going to amount to a hill of beans in the end, right? Won't really matter. But why do we get a good job? So that we can ultimately have a nice little nest egg so that we can retire well for our twilight years, right? You know, you know what the problem is with the twilight or the golden years is? They're generally not so good. You know why? Because your health begins to deteriorate. You begin to lose your mind. And you know how you end up? In diapers. Just how you began. You begin life with pampers and you end life with pampers. This is true. And we're spending so much of our time on this. And you you know why Jesus Christ came? You know what? Yes, he came to solve the sin problem. Absolutely, he came to solve the sin problem. But he also came to solve even maybe a larger problem, which is our limited perspective problem. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus talks about a rich man. And here's the story. He, he tells this story. A rich man had a fertile farm. 
that produce fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns, I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, self, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. You know, I think this rich man gets a bad rap. I really do. I think this rich man was actually a pretty good Jew. I bet you he went to church. He went to temple every Sabbath. I bet you he tithed. I bet you he tithed 10%. I think he was nice to his slaves. You know, in fact, I bet you he ate Hebrew national kosher all beef bagel dogs. No, I'm just kidding. I just made that part up to see if you were listening. But I think this guy was really a good guy. I think he was a good Jew. And, you know, in fact, in his thinking, God was blessing him. I've heard Christians say that. God was blessing him with all this stuff. And he says, hey, I just want to be blessed a little bit more. So I'm going to build bigger and better barns. And in verse 20, God shows up to him and he says, you fool. Now, it's not a good thing when God says to you, you fool. You don't want to hear that from the creator of the universe. You know why this rich man was a fool? The short answer is because he was stupid. You know why he was stupid? Because he was focusing on the temporal things of this world rather than the eternal things of this world. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to focus on the temporal rather than the eternal realities. In fact, Satan, you know, he says to you, go to church. No, go ahead, go to church. Even give a little money. Even, even volunteer a little time. Do you know that Satan doesn't care if you're religious? Did you know that? He does not care if you're religious. Then he says to you, you know what? Since you've been so religious and you've been so good, go ahead. The rest of the, your money is yours. You can do with it what you want. The rest of your time is yours. You can spend it any way you want. And you know what God says? Ding, thanks for playing. You're going to die tonight. And you're going to stand before me and you're going to give an accounting of your life. Can you imagine the day that this rich man stood before the creator of the universe? He was in his birthday suit. And he had to give an accounting of his life. And when he stood before the creator of the universe, he found out that he had wasted his life on the temporal rather than the eternal. What an incredible, incredible tragedy. And I want you to know that Paul tells us that the third piece of armor, the shoes, are to remind us what our purpose in life is, which is to preach. It is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. People are going to hell. Look around you. Everywhere you look, do you realize these people are separated from God, whether some of your family members, whether some of your neighbors, whether you're some of your coworkers, and we didn't even care enough, we didn't even love them enough to let them know how they could have peace with God in an eternal relationship with God. And I'll tell you, what a tragedy that is. And it's going to be for all of us. You know, in uh, 
Matthew chapter 4, very quickly. We see Jesus, he's walking along the shores of Lake Galilee, and he sees two people. He sees Peter and Andrew, they're brothers. And you know what they're doing? They're fishing. Now, how many think fishing's a good thing to do? It's kind of boring, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. It's not a bad profession. That was their profession. But let me ask you this question. How many think that fishing has any eternal purpose, any real eternal value? It doesn't. It doesn't have any real eternal value. And so you know what Jesus says to them? Jesus says this to Peter and Andrew. He says this in verse 19. He says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. You know, when you ask the average Christian what they do for a living, you know what they say, what their profession is? What do they say? I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a salesman. You know, I work for the state. And on and on and on it goes. Let me ask you a question. Does any profession that you have that we just listed, does it have any eternal value whatsoever? The answer is, no, it doesn't. So notice what Jesus said to these guys. He said, come follow me. You know what that means? That's an invitation to imitate Jesus. Do you know what Jesus spent his time, the vast majority of his time doing? You can look at it in Luke chapter 4 at your leisure this afternoon. Jesus said, not to do miracles like people said. He said, I've come to preach, to proclaim the good news so that people no longer have to live in fear and in bondage of sin so that they can have a relationship with Papa. He said, that is why I have come. And do you understand? Now listen to me. Do you understand what your profession is? Your profession, my profession, is to be fishers of men. So the next time someone asks you what your profession is, don't stoop and tell them, well, hey, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm an engineer. I'm a salesperson. I work for the state. No, no, no. That's how you make a living. That's how you make money and you feed yourself and put food on the table. But for Pete's sake, don't stoop. You've got the greatest calling in the world. You've got the greatest calling, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, if you are a born-again believer, has called you to fish for people's soul. That is eternal. That is eternal. You know, we're moving to a baptism. I want to tell you a true story about a little old white-haired man. This is an absolutely true story. And there was a little old white-haired man, and he lived in Sydney, Australia. And every day, for almost every day, he would go out on George Street. And he would just come up to people and say, excuse me, I want to ask you a question. Please don't be offended. But if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? And then he said, the Bible said you're going to spend either either in heaven or in hell. That's it. Thank you very much. God bless you. Toodaloo. And he would do this day in and day out. Now, in England, there was a pastor by the name of Francis Dixon, who in the day was a very well-known guy. And they were holding revival services in, in his church. And one evening, he had a man by the name of Noel give his testimony. Noel gave his testimony. He said, many years ago, I was in Sydney, Australia. And I was, as I was walking down George Street, all of a sudden, this little white-haired man, he accosted me. And he said, excuse me, I have a question to ask you. Don't be offended. If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says heaven or hell. Thank you very much. That's it. God bless you. Toodaloo. And he said, I knew just enough of Christianity. I began to read the New Testament. And there I met Jesus Christ. And I surrendered and gave my life to Jesus Christ. 
And after the service was over, a guy made a beeline for Noel. And he said, that's my testimony. I can't believe it. I was in the Navy. I was in the Royal Navy. And there we were. We were stationed in Australia. It was in Sydney. One day I was walking down George Street. Believe it or not, a little old white-haired man, he accosted me. He said, excuse me, I got a question to ask you. Please don't be offended. If you were to die tonight or die today, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says heaven or hell. That's it. Thank you very much. God bless you. Toodaloo. Well, the pastor, Francis Dixon, was hearing these two men speak. And like I said, he was very popular. And so one day he was actually in Australia, not in Sydney, and he was preaching. And he was giving the story of these two men in his church. And he started to tell the story, the little old white-haired man. And suddenly there was this guy just going like this. And he catches it. And Dixon finally sees him and says, yes, sir, what can I do for you? He goes, that's my testimony. I was in Sydney, Australia, not too terribly long ago, and I was walking down George Street, and there was this little white-haired man, and he accosted me, and he said, excuse me, I got a question to ask you, don't be offended, but if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? The Bible says heaven or hell. That's all I want to ask you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Toodaloo. Well, by now, you know, Dix is going, wow, this is quite a story. And like I said, he was a very famous guy. And you can check this up. You can, you can actually Google this story. It's an incredible story. And he preached in India. He preached in Jamaica. He preached in the United States. Wherever he would go, wherever he would go, someone would talk about this little old white-haired man. So finally, Dixon said to himself, you know, when I go back to Australia, I'm purposely going to Sydney, and I want to meet this guy. So he finally had his chance several years later. And he went to Sydney, Australia. He went to George Street and he began walking up and down. He said, does anybody know this little old white-haired man? And finally one person said yes. And by the way, the little old white-haired man has a name. His name is Frank Jenner. And the man told him where Frank Jenner lived. And so the pastor, Francis Dixon, went over to Jenner. He lived in an apartment. He knocked on the door, knocked on the door, and finally a decrepit little old white-haired man answered the door. Jenner invited Dixon in. They sat down. It was a kind of a dark room, and he lived alone, and he was really close to death. And Dixon relayed the story about this little old white-haired man on George Street who was asking people whether they were going to go to heaven or hell. And he was talking about all the lives that had been touched by this little old white-haired man, which was Frank Jenner. Jenner wept. He broke down and he wept copiously. And he said, you know what? Until this moment, I have witnessed the thousands and thousands of people. And I never knew that my testimony touched one life and changed one soul. And I want you to know, as I close this one, I want you to know the world didn't take note of Frank Jenner, that little old white-haired man, but I guarantee you the day he died, he entered heaven a hero. And that's my challenge to you. You know, you can focus on this life if you want to, and you can go for the world to close. That's fine. But I guarantee you when you enter eternity, don't expect a bunch of hand clapping and back slapping. Don't expect that. You know, if you are a born-again believer, let me tell you what your purpose is. Very quickly, your purpose is to know Jesus. No, no, I mean to know. You know him through the scripture. You know him through prayer. You know him in small group. But more than that, you know him in your circumstances. Quit trying to get out of circumstances. Tough situations. You can know Jesus more in a tough situation than anywhere else. You say, Jesus, don't take me out of this situation. Let me know you. Oh, I want to know you. 
And guess what happens when you really begin to know Jesus? You begin to look like him. And guess what happens when you look like him? The Holy Spirit fills you more and more like Jesus, and you have courage. See, most of us lack courage because we're in sin. Just going to be honest. To be a strong witness, you look, wherever it says, and they were filled with the Spirit, it says they spoke the word of God boldly. See, if you're really Spirit-filled then you're going to speak the word of God. You're going to have courage. You're going to have courage. I'm going to have courage to know him, to look like him, and then your life will really take on purpose because you'll start telling people how they can know the creator of the universe, the living God. That's eternal. And see people pass from death to life. Stop allowing Satan to give you a black eye. The reason why so many Christians, by the way, and I use that very, very loosely, because just because I stand in a garage and go vroom, vroom, does not make me a Maserati. But the reason why so many Christians are falling left and right is because they've lost their purpose. Stop allowing Satan to give you a black eye and start giving him a black eye, all right? Start, you give him a black eye. And I pray that that's what we're going to do at BCC. So now what you're going to do is you're going to watch. Five people, five souls give Satan a black eye as they witness and testify of him.